Good afternoon and welcome to the Sportsbet uh, EPL podcast, football podcast, what are we going to call it? Um, here we are again, I hope the break since the World Cup has been long enough. I know from uh, uh, my ex-girlfriends, or more or less just the sheer number of ex-girlfriends I have, that uh, spending any time of type of concerted time with me is a, is, a, is a particularly trying thing. Have you two recovered since Russia 2018? Are you ready for the Premier League season? Ollie, good afternoon. <laughs> uh, first up, I think uh, that's the... The first lie of the EPL season is you telling us that you had multiple ex-girlfriends. Ah. <laughs> uh, we've recovered. It's broken up. Uh, the World Cup broke up uh, the Winter Blues. Um, excited for the return. And Liverpool to end that long drought. That's not going to happen. Um, I can tell you that one off the top. Kieran, how are you? Very good. Nice to uh, nice to have real football back again. Yeah, it is a bit of a relief, isn't it? I mean, the World Cup is fun, but you kind of only want it every four years because it's not a type of football you could enjoy uh, week in, week out. Um, the transfer window closed last night. Um, a bit of activity. Uh, Everton scooped Yari Mina from Barca, 27 million. Fulham and Leicester also doing some uh, business. Um, United, who I think people expected to move, did nothing. Tottenham have signed absolutely nobody this uh, transfer window. Um, how do you feel about the transfer window? Do you think it was a pretty quiet one, it felt like? Um, Cristiano Ronaldo being the big move between two two countries that have got nothing to do with the Premier League. Um, you know, the biggest signing of the, of the window was... Uh, Ariza, Ariza Balaga that's the, that's the pronunciation yeah. not bad yeah I, th- I think as well um, really shutting the window down on the, on the 9th of August has is, is definitely affected things as well um, transfers have been rising as you would expect with all the money in football over the last 12-15 years every year and came to a sudden halt this year when um, obviously total combined transfer value is down quite significantly on last year. So in terms of who's done well from it, I think Liverpool of the big teams have got every reason to be most happy. They've addressed all their issues, um, certainly when it comes to the goalkeeper problem that they had last year. Um, But also they've just added good kind of strength and depth throughout. So I think Liverpool for me of uh, of the big six have got every reason to be happiest. David? Very excited. Um, well, we, we deem it quite, I guess, of the big six, if you look at the teams, Spurs, signed Nolan, United, got um, the bloke that used to be in Carnation Street. Um, <laughs> terrible. And Liverpool and Arsenal done their business early. I think Arsenal done pretty well out of the transfer window as well. Chelsea signed a keeper who 90% of football fans will claim they knew who the bloke was two weeks ago. Never heard of him. Um, they could have signed him apparently last January for about twenty million, and then Atletico sensed the interest and in, injected a, a, a little release clause into his contract. Um, and now playing seventy-one million, he's twenty-three. I think uh, is that not gigantic overs? Yeah, I think when I heard Tim Sherwood, who's uh, he's not the, the brightest spark really when it comes to the football, but I heard him talking last night um, saying that they've spent seventy million keeper pretty much on a project, and that tells you everything you kind of need to know about that sign. And it's uh, incredible money for um, yeah, effectively an unknown to to most fans. Not the worst signing of the window for me. That goes to Everton, who I think spent um, sixty million dollars rising to 80 million um, with performances etc for Watsford's uh, Richarlison now before the podcast I brought this up and um, the uh, the gentleman to my right of me balked he was like no it's a good signing he's a great player I I would like to hear the case for the defence Kieran I think Richarlison I think he's he's got a lot of upside actually you looked at him under Marco Silva last year 
initially um, when Silva was the manager his his goals his expected goals um, his, his general contribution it was a lot more than what you would have expected of effectively an unknown Brazilian coming into the Premier League at, at 21 or whatever age he was so I think given what Silva got out of him last year and you know the inflationary prices that have gone through kind of football in the last couple of years. I think you could do worse than uh, thirty-five sterling. I think it was on uh, on, on Richarlison. There you go. There's the case for the defence. Um, I would probably pick that Madison block that uh, Leicester paid twenty-five odd million from from Norwich. Mm. Like, who the hell is that block? Yeah, and, um, um, he's, well, he's in, young English talent. Tip, yeah, tip, like if you go for tip to be, um, a, yeah, tip to be a future. If you go England for the, I think Arsenal played the same for the Uruguayan lad. Uh, yeah, that was that was really good business. And pre World Cup, and when you get a guy that started in a World Cup versus a bloke that got a game for Norwich City, um, it shows you about the inflated prices floating about. Mm. Wolves done really well when you've got uh, Mr. Super Agents, Mr. Jorge Mendes. Um, on the books unofficially <laughs> got your man uh, the keeper Patricio for nothing probably have to pay a bit right down the line when it goes to court after them fans attack their players for mm. sporting and uh, they got the little maestro what's his name for five Moutinho, Moutinho um, getting him for five million albeit in his early 30s Fulham had an unbelievable window as well but I think if we talk about the worst signing, I think the worst signings as a collective are definitely Cardiff's. They've spent about thirty-five million on four lunatics from the championship, and that is not going to work out. I, I think with Cardiff, I think you look at those signings; they look like the kind of players who they're already planning for for next season back in the championship, as being guys who can actually go and do it again in the championship and uh, and get promoted because. They're certainly not the signings that you, you make expecting to, to stay up in the league, which which Cardiff are very, very unlikely to do now. Well, yeah, I mean, they're as, they're as short to go down as City are to win the title, both paying $1.62. Um, we should get to who's going to win the title now. Uh, the, the question I should probably ask is who you think is going to win and leave it open-ended. But um, And I'm not sure you need to call me Columbo here, but judging by the outright market you two have framed with uh, the citizens paying, as we've just mentioned, $1.62, uh, it would appear that you're very keen on them going back to back. First team in a decade to do that, if they were to do so. Um, I can't disagree. Like that's a dollar sixty-two. Just feels like that's better than bank interest. Um, what can stop them? Liverpool. Uh, um, no, I just don't think so. Do now, nah, like at the end of the day, we got to be realistic. Uh, the one by a country mile last year. Their squad is de- in depth everywhere. They've got the uh, Guardiola in charge. <laughs> I guess the only thing is that kind of is there such a thing as as when a team wins the league second season second season syndrome or whatever syndrome Um, they've basically nearly won all the points the bloody could last year that can't happen again Um, teams are going to they're going to come back to the pack a bit but it's just hard when you win the league by 19 points for anyone including myself um, who's a massive Liverpool fan to try and think how they can overcome that but you never know Is there more pressure maybe on them so an extended Champions League campaign does that take the, taking out the legs of it more uh, is that something that could impact them um, you know they've won the league now go and, well, Guardiola's won, won the league now go and win the Champions League it maybe that's his mission, and this becomes a secondary. The Premier League becomes a secondary thing. Um, yeah, potentially you could you could take your your eye off the ball. Um, that that for me really 
you look at how strong they are in depth you know to add somebody like Mares, they had the top four guys in the assist top assist market last year and they went and bought the fifth so <laughs> to be able to do that is is incredible so as Dave said we definitely expect that they will kind of regress to the mean come back a little bit they certainly won't be winning 18 games in a row you need a hell of a lot of luck not just being probably the, the most skilled team certainly in England but potentially in the world as well I mean you look at City at this stage I think they're as good as any team about I think that's fair I think you can hardly you can hardly look at any of those the Barcelona and and Real Madrid appear to be waning powers now Um, you know Ronaldo has left Real Madrid. Get on the let's go for the La Liga title Do you reckon? Absolutely they're they're, they're, um, the only team that have got any kind of backbone about them now there's so many doubts over the other two What are they paying? They were about 10 bucks 10 bucks Hmm, there you go, he's tipped it now. Um, Mendy as well for Man City. Um, it will be like a new signing for them. But um, you'd like to think maybe Kevin De Bruyne could get injured. Um, it wouldn't help my fancy football team that I put together in a 20-minute spell this night. But one or two key injuries to the really, really key players may help. Um, but teams will look at them and that. And I mean, Liverpool found a way to beat them last year. High tempo but at the end of the day, you're not going to get that from Bournemouth, um, especially now that Brad Smith has gone to Seattle Sounders on a free transfer. <laughs> Had to get that no, in there. No, no. <laughs> Is that- By the way, listeners, Bournemouth paid Liverpool £6 million for Brad Smith, uh, a fellow Australian. I'm saying that because I got my citizenship the other day. <laughs> and um, I've seen a, a crazy stat. Uh, Brad Smith has played more international football than club football over the last five years. That is a crazy stat. And we'll move on. <laughs> the of the pretenders, Liverpool five dollars. They seem to be the team that most uh, most of the betting seems to be around. Um, a lot of people talking them up. I'm not sure why. It seems to be that their results against City are the the hopes that most people are cleaving to. They don't seem to have really solved any of their um, problems they had last year in the transfer market. They've removed. Okay, Allison. That's a Allison very unusual in. statement you just made there, early. Allison coming in. What do I say? <laughs> You just said that uh, they haven't solved any problems. You'd like to think Alison is, <laughs> is a little is, bit I better just, than Carius. I'd, I'd said the word Alison. You hadn't even let me out. Alison get Alison for Carius is the only one they haven't got. They still look dodgy in centre midfield for me. I still think Jordan Henderson is not the type of person you can pin your hopes on all season long. And you thought he was the best England player at the World Cup, didn't you? Dave? Well, he was wrong. Absolutely materially <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm never wrong. And there's no and there's and there's still and there's still just for me haven't got the the depth to to sort of manage that type of high pressure high press all through the season and that has been proven by Tottenham for the last five years Pochettino that team when it's flying is as good as any team in the league on its day however you can't you can't play that type of football for a full season you get knackered you need depth you need constant rotation through a team and they don't have that they don't have the ability to do that because they don't have the depth the case for the defence Liverpool have got one Last problem regards uh, depth, and that's if Van Dyke gets injured. If he gets injured, we're in a lot, a lot of trouble. Apart from that, we our starting eleven last season was fantastic. We've been. Uh, yeah, I was going to say the, use of, the people of the use of pronouns <laughs> yeah. notable there. No idea what a pronoun is. Um, <laughs> Liverpool um, in the Champions League final last year had to rely on uh, one of. Adam Lallana or Moreno to come on for an injured Salah. They've now solved that. Um, uh, there's going to be a midfield three of Keita, Fabinho and Henderson. Naby Keita is going to be an absolute star. 
And I reckon as well that Jordan Shakiri at 13 million will end up in one of the bargains of the season because he's going to get a lot of game time as the season kicks on. And he's in a team where he's going to get a lot of love as opposed to Stoke. And could the one problem with Shakiri be that he's one of those players who could unbalance a side? He's very ball dominant. It's like Sanchez coming into that United team last year. He was materially ineffective. Ineffective. Um, he was just, you know, it didn't seem to have any impact whatsoever. It seemed like he'd be a great signing and then it didn't happen. I agree. When I first saw Shakiri going to Liverpool, I thought that makes so much sense. Is he the type of player who might unbalance the side? Well, I don't think he's going to have to track back as much as he was supposed to do at Stoke, but uh, just decided he was never going to actually do it. <laughs> I think that uh, that Fabinho and, and Keita will do a lot of work in midfield for him. So there's definitely a case to be made that Shakiri could go one of two ways, I reckon. So you've got... Liverpool sitting there at five dollars. United eight fifty. You, uh, you know, we, we almost remember the doom. The doomsayers around Manchester United are many, and uh, and they're very loud. But they did finish second last season um, without playing well. It's it's fair to say. Um, is it not the case with Fred in midfield and and another season? This is complete box. I don't believe any of this. Um, <laughs> United will be very lucky to finish in the top four, I would think. Uh, I'm just trying to make the case for them because they are my uh, they are my team. Um, they're shit, aren't they? They're shit, and we're in a we're in a world of hurt. I think they're more shit now that Daily Blind has gone back to IX. I think they're going to miss him so much, and I also tell lies. Um, <laughs> yeah, like I think Mourinho. I think um, if there's anyone in Australia that uh, still has time for Mourinho, it's time to knock off this podcast because um, the bloke's an idiot. He is like trying to distract um, attention away from his kind of how poor his team had been playing. I mean, can you look at second? I mean, at the end of the day, Liverpool put the queue in the rack for the league last year with Champions League going on. Arsenal had years of problems. Chelsea were all over the shop with Conte. Um, and they were a country mile behind City. And um, they've got great players. They're going to win a hell of a lot of home games. They're not going to concede many because they've got the hay and goal. But... They're not going to win the league. I still think they'll get the top four because of what's going on at Chelsea and probably lack of in-depth for Spurs if a couple injuries come, but um, not going to win the league. Mourinho is a man who has built his career on, you would think, being a reasonable man-manager and being good reactively, tactically. He's never been one of those people who's come with much of a system. Um, Whereas it seems now that what's dominating football is people who've got a an idea of what they want to play and they implement it well and then they have a pivot and they have a plan B. He doesn't have that. And it seems like he's being found out. It's hard to see where he would go from Manchester United. It's hard to see him having success again as a professional manager, you would think. Maybe. Speaking of new managers and systems, uh, Sarri coming in at uh, Chelsea, they didn't look too convincing um, in the charity show. Didn't look like they knew what, what Sarri ball looked like. Um, they've only really had half a pre-season. Him, he was sort of on gardening leave at Napoli and couldn't get over for various reasons. How do you feel about their chances this season? $15 for them to uh, win the title. Is there any chance that that sort of Sarri ball approach, it's a very compact sort of press... Fast sort of. I think certainly if you if you look at the value there, I think it's a no brainer that that Chelsea will finish ahead of Man United for a start. So I think first point there would be there there's potential value in that price. Chelsea have got now a fantastic look in midfield and paper um, to get Kovacic in as well um, from Real Madrid in that uh, Courtois deal. That was a good bit of business for the year. Kante and Jorginho. 
they're as good as you're going to find around really this year when it comes to midfield combinations. But I worry about them scoring goals. Um, Sarri is a manager actually who plays a great kind of brand of football. You do expect that they're going to score more goals than what they've done before, theoretically. But I don't know whether or not they've actually got the players to do it. You look at the number nine situation with Murata or Giroud. Neither would really fill you with huge confidence that they're going to score a hell of a lot of goals. I mean, Hazard is the one shining light when it comes to goals. We'll take their penalties had a fantastic World Cup and potentially William as well. But I just don't see them getting enough to, you know, be credible challengers for for City or really for Liverpool for me, who are clearly the number two team. There's no prolific striker there at all. They've got, you've got two strikers who get the odd goal and play as kind of a pivot up front. Murata, I don't even really think he plays as a pivot. What does he do? Anyway, we'll move on. Uh, Spurs, $17. Uh, Hard to make a case for them. Um, You know, they've been moving into their new ground, so they they lose all the advantage they have of sort of finally learning how to play at Wembley. Um, You know, it's a a strange one. Um, Given the style that Pochettino demands, they needed to add depth in key positions over the summer and they didn't because Daniel Levy likes to keep his hands in his pockets um, it's not a club with the kind of wealth and power that the other ones have um, is there any chance that they do something at all Top yeah I think we, first of all with their uh, starting 11 I don't think we can be fools to think that because they didn't sign anyone overnight to become poor no um, not, not at all. I'm not, not saying that for the first half of the season, they will be there or thereabouts. And as the system starts to strain muscles, they will drop away because... Christian Eriksen or, like, or Harry Kane get injured, they're in doomsday scenario because mm. they can't be replaced. Um, but over season, yeah, it's just hard to see them getting close to the, close to the top. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, um, I think they'll miss the top four. Well, yeah, I, I would think that unless they actually get yeah, one of those injuries that you talked about to, to Ericsson or Kane or maybe Ali or, or even Son, um, I think that they're a lock-in for the, for the four. Um, I think they've proven it year after year, albeit with actually a good injury situation in the last few years. But that could come back to, to haunt them. As Dave said, the strength and depth isn't there there's also question marks you would have to say over Dembele who I've always been a huge fan of but in the World Cup he looked absolutely shocking um, when he did play um, but yeah look I think once uh, once they keep you know the players nice and kind of fresh they'll probably start the season slowly given the uh, you know the exploits from all the World Cup players who went really far like the English and the Belgian guys but I think they'll have enough. Um, what's about to actually make the top four? So name your top four teams, boys, and I'll give you the uh, I'll give you the odds in that. Name the top four teams market. The uh, very very well titled that one, guys. Very clear. City, Liverpool, Arsenal to cause a bit of a surprise, and United. Okay, I'll go with um, same same first two. Um, City one, Liverpool two. Uh, Chelsea three and Spurs four. So it's ten dollars and yours, Dave, eight fifty. Um, right, we've done the top of the table. Let's do the bottom of the table. Lots of money to be made in the uh, relegation markets as well. Um, Cardiff, an absolute nailed-on cert to go down. It would seem a dollar sixty-two. Who else have you got going down here? Huddersfield, unpatriotically, boys. Aaron Moy's team, two dollars. 
um, unpatriotic for you as the only uh, nominal Australian in the room. Uh, Watford, 275. Brighton, three value. Uh, $3 value there, you would think. Fulham, $3. Burnley, four fifty. Um, I think that's insane. Uh, they're not going anywhere. Newcastle, $6. Interesting. That's a bet on whether Benitez manages to make it through the season, you would think. Who's going down, boys, and tell me why? Okay, I'll, I'll go with Huddersfield. Um, kind of easy starting point there. I, I think Huddersfield have added a lot of players to that squad. Um, but a squad, really, that was quite lucky um, to stay up last year and this year, just looking through the the kind of caliber of players that they've they've signed, I think they're going to find themselves kind of adrift with with Cardiff, and then I think it is one of the other teams to go with them. If I'm going with one of those outsiders, I think Newcastle are potentially good value. Mm-hmm. Um, haven't been impressed at all with the the signings that they've made. They got rid of. Um, Dwight Gale in, in a swap with uh, with Rondon which doesn't seem like any improvement to me from what I've seen of him um, and I also think Southampton as well could find themselves um, in danger at, at big odds as well at about I think the 8 bucks mark or something yeah, like that that's a great shout Southampton I thought done okay um, I think Ings will score a few goals from now that he's back um, I follow Scottish football Armstrong is a decent signing. You follow Scottish football? Yeah, I follow lots of football. Is that professionally or do you do you follow it because you enjoy the, the, the product? Um, actually, I don't even know what a price he is, but uh, if you ever wanted it, I actually seen when the transfer was done, Dwight Gale um, to be top championship goal scorer. I mean, the man is just made for the championship. He'll bang them in there. Teams going down, Cardiff will be doomsday. Um, some of them players have bought, uh, absolute joke. Um, Watford, um, when you say an absolute joke, do you mean like a league joke or like? Nah, you know, like a joke's a joke. Like, I guess, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> not that, that much. Um, like, I need to pay an eleven or twelve million for Bobby Reed. Um, of course, no that sounds like a player from like the nineteen thirties. Yeah. Good old Bobby Reed turning out for the yeah. <laughs> Greg Cunningham, I believe, a fellow Irishman, uh, paid four or five million from. Um, they're just going to struggle. Um, I think Watford might struggle as well. Um, for they've just got Troy Deeney, they're going to uh, suffer for a lack of goals. They've got uh, your man, that Gerald's to follow. Is Troy Deeney the most likable thug in the Premier League at the minute? He looks a bit of a yeah, I don't mind him, but I just think they're going to struggle there. And um, I'd love to see Burnley go down. I'm sick of people telling me how great they are. Seemingly, it's a miserable town in England. It's vile, and it's, vile. Um, it's a, a real, a real centre of the BMP. Yeah. So, like far right politics. Yeah, um, Turf Moor is an interesting ground to go to. When I was a young sports reporter in the UK, I had to go and cover a Burnley match, and I had to toil my way over Snake Pass. It's called, which is it's not an appropriate name because I don't think there are many snakes around there. But it's, it's it weaves through the Lancashire sort of countryside up to uh, Turf Moor, which is just about as grim a place as you can imagine. It's basically on top of a hill, and it's just windy and vile, and all these little boiled testicle people sort of like it's like the League of Gentlemen they sort of file up from the town they go and watch the game they shout this isn't this is a local club for local people we'll have no trouble here and then they file back down to their fish and chips um, it's a yeah it's not a, it's not the, not a great place if they, if they get through this Europa they drew nil-nil in Turkey last night uh, they'll have six games in Europe which won't help um, and just when you look at the team and I know your man is probably doing a good job but Aladice They've just got a load of like championship feel about themselves and um is it Ben Me and Tarkowski are the two mm-hmm. centre backs and 
yeah, it just seems like a team that will go down. Um, yeah. I agree Huddersfield hung on at the end um, probably should be in there, so three that four. Yeah, Burnley, I mean, have to replicate that insane home form they had last year. If people can find the key to unlock uh, turf more, then you'd have to think that they're in dire, dire straits. It is quite hard to pick a team who's going to be really struggling this year. No Sam Allardyce, no Tony Pulis, no Arn Pardew. You know, you have to really think about it. A um, couple of dark horses, I guess. Fulham, a um, mm. hundred odd million of spent. Surrey they got from uh, Nice, and um, overnight they got your man from Monaco. Kieran. Marseille, twenty-seven million oh, from Marseille, uh, midfielder, yeah. the Cameroon lads. Um, they've done really well. Wolves have half of any bloke that ever played football in Portugal in the squad. They'll do okay. Um, and West Ham, even though I hope they don't do good because of them owners they have, um, they seem to have done a bit of business well that seems to say they'll go okay as well. Um, top goal scorer, uh, Kane, $6. I just think that's that's strange odds. Uh, Salah, six fifty. I think get on now, whatever you, gamble responsibly, but whatever you want. Uh, Obama <coughs> Young, $7. Aguario, eight fifty. Lukaku, $9. Why is Salah outside Kane? Well, it's that whole kind of one season wonder thing. I mean, when he proves that he, he can go and he can kind of replicate what he did, which kind of looked like a, a freak occurrence, really, then I suppose the market will sit up a bit more and take notice and get closer to that, um, you know, 375k kind of price. Um, you know, I think he's he's a fair Fair enough shout, to be honest. But I actually like um, some of his kind of strike partners, actually. Um, I think Firmino, He's given... Around, around $34? Yeah, I just think given the disparity in those prices, that I mean, you'd be a fool to, to back the, the six bucks before and the, the 34 mark and Firmino. Obviously plays um, plays centrally, plays as the number nine. Um, so yeah, I, I just think, you know, given... Firmino scored I think the same amount of goals in the Champions League as, as he did last year as well and if he gets on a run um, given how good Liverpool are and how many goals they will score he could make a mockery of that price Bobby Chompers for Kieran um, who for you? Rick Carlson for uh, no sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a plenty there I'll actually uh, Aubameyang for Arsenal um, 10 and 13 I think at the end of last season um, he's just going to be the focal point of Everton. I mean, when you talk about Liverpool, it's one of three guys that can take up huge chunks of the percentage. But for Arsenal, he's just going to be at Everton. And I think Arsenal are going to go okay this season. So They're the great unknown of the season, you would think, Arsenal. They, you know, new manager, new era. I remember the first season after, um, you know, Ferguson uh, retired, it was, the trepidation was enormous. Uh, I was just enormously fearful um, it feels like they won't be feeling that way they'll be sort of happy and happy to have somebody um, new in how are you, How do you feel they go this season um, more broadly because we seem to miss them out in the in the top six well uh, as an Arsenal fan uh, I'll, I'll go first here I think I'm a, a bit qualified to, to talk on Arsenal given um, all the issues we've had for the last 10 years I suppose especially Overall, I think Emery was about as good as you could have done for a manager and a manager who plays pretty progressive kind of style of football as well. Um, so I think that was a good signing. I'm not overly convinced about some of the signings that they have made. Um, first of all, I thought they started off really early. It's good to see business to get done so early into the summer. But the more I've seen of, of Lino and goals, 
I think he could be an issue. He caused a lot of mistakes um, for Leverkusen over the last few years, kind of similar to Czech. So I think they could be a situation where they're as bad as each other. So I think we're going to have big problems in goals. <laughs> Socrates is, is a bit of an animal. He's a bit of a nutcase as well, which is, is kind of good to see for for Arsenal to have. Finally, finally get yeah, someone who can fucking go through somebody. It, it is good. So he could be a good signing, although he's he's past the age of 30 now as well. You're not going to get too, too many seasons out of him. I think Lex Steiner is, is a good presence, albeit potentially from the bench. Um, you know, right back to uh, to compete might be all kind of he is. I think Torreira is potentially the, sh- the shining light, but you just never really know. It's a bit cliched, but you never know. You got Uruguayan coming to the Premier League. He's a young guy. Um, how he's going to kind of settle and how he's going to cope there. But clearly, when you see the job what he did to Ronaldo in that Portugal game in the World Cup, he was really impressive. And Arsenal have missed that kind of kind of bite from central midfield for many years as well. So, I think that there's a lot of kind of question marks over over how they do in general. Yeah, I'm. Is it all, all strong points, and I think that was a, a wonderful analysis, can, uh, wonderfully done. Um, but um, you didn't say that about me when I talked about Liverpool. <laughs> yes, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Arsenal to make the top four, paying two seventy five, and I think that is um, money for all rope at the minute. I uh, think there are there's certainly Manchester United. I can see falling like a stone, having one of those sort of very classic starts to the season of of a Mourinho side in in strife, maybe even bottom half of the table. Um, and I just don't see them ever being able to catch up. I think if Arsenal can get off to a good start, there's no reason why they can't make the top four this season. Yeah. What What are the chances of a? No, that's never going to happen. Um, well, I'll cut that bit out. Um, any Any other bets for us before we leave? Who do you like in this um, Friday night game? We said we weren't going to preview it, but uh, United will win one or something. Uh, Leicester have done okay. Um, Puel probably will go up sometime because you man be a bit impatient, but. Some good signings at the back, um, you know, held on to Maguire as well. Um, not so good signing Madison. Um, United will win one or two nil tonight. One or two nil. I think probably the bet there has to be, even though that Leicester are probably missing Maguire and Vardy. I think the the double chance Leicester or the draw is probably the way I would go there. I think United are an absolute disarray. Yeah, I mean, watching their preseason on uh, Facebook, it's been a, a shit show. Like it's a. Uh, there's, there's nothing worse than sulky Mourinho. There's nothing worse than a man talking down his players because he's thinking about what job he's going to get next. Um, right, we'll see how we go. We'll be with you um, every week this season, sort of um, previewing the, the games to come. Um, we're going to try and get some big names in, boys. Um, well, you know, big Australian names. Um, <laughs> so like Mark Viduka, maybe, or Mark Bosnich, some other Australians, not called Mark. Um <laughs> Yeah, we'll see how send we go. In any, um, send in any thoughts on who... Scotty Chipperfield. Scotty um, Chipperfield. Other ones. Um, uh, who, who Tony Dorigo, is he? Tony Dorigo. Is he Aussie? Yeah. Stan Lazarides. Did we talk about him yet? Brad Smith. Okay, we've lost the plot here. Let's let's wrap it up there. Thank you very much. If you've got any questions for us at Sportsbet, drop into our DMs or jump on Facebook. We'll try to answer everything we can and we'll see you all next week. Thank you very much. 